back, listeners, to the Dream Stream. I am your host, Yiska Cook. And I don't have much follow-up from the last um, podcast. We were sharing poetry and philosophy and politics. And it was really interesting. If you haven't yet listened, episode 18. But I was sharing a lot of poetry and the man David that I was sharing it with was saying, oh, you know, you should see her performing her poetry. So this is my my little um, plug for myself. So you should go to Jessica Cook on YouTube and then you can see some of my poetry. Okay, the other thing is, once again, a call out for dreams and phone numbers for people that I can call and work with you on your dreams. So today we have very special guests. We have our good friend Michelle from from previous episodes and her lovely daughter, Tara. And uh, we're going to have a conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So you were just saying that you both have dreams. Did you want to start with the dreams or start with... So we have this wonderful mother-daughter team here. And they had an extraordinary experience because they both had similar dreams as each other on the same night. So I'm hoping you can tell us about that. Yeah, so we were upstate staying with some friends and I was sleeping in a van and my mom and father were sleeping in a tent. And it was pretty cold, so it was it was um we had the dog and um lots of blankets. And I didn't remember my dream until after the fact, but I woke up and I had this dream. And then my mom came into the, into the car, into the van. She opened the door while I was sleeping and said, oh my God, I had this really weird dream. And I just responded, me too, but didn't remember until later on when we were down by a stream and I told her that my dream was I was in a car driving with somebody. I don't exactly know who I was driving with, but we were driving and the car lost control. And I found myself like on the edge of a bridge. Mm. So the typical bridge mm-hmm. you know, dream. Mm-hmm. And I was in this car and I could feel it teeter-tottering oh, on this. And it's interesting because I remember when I was in the car accident, I thought of my mom because she was in a car accident and she hates watching car accidents mm. on TV or in like trailers or anything like that. And yes. also that feeling I have, I've been in multiple car accidents, but nothing really, really, really oh, heavy. Thank God. And this one was pretty intense. And then I came to and I was teetering over this bridge. Wow. And I was terrified as, as one would be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do exactly, except I started to remember that this was a dream in the middle of the dream. So it became sort of a lucid dream? 
Well, not at that point. Okay. Sort of, well, sort of at that point, but like a week ago, I was having a conversation with my cousin about lucid dreaming, mm. which is just synchronicity as well. Yes. And he was going into like the techniques of how to lucid dream mm. and what he was doing and how he was mm. doing it. And I'm on an incredible spiritual path. Yes. So it was like astral projection is something that I'm very familiar with. Huh. And the way that he was speaking about it, he's not that super spiritual, but the way that he was speaking about it was like, it was like interesting. So you're experiencing this. So the, the breadth of people's spirituality became a little wider for me, which was really cool. Yes, And so I remembered that when you want to have a lucid dream, I think I read, I think it was young. I don't know who, who wrote about it, but um, to write an M in your palm. Huh. I know Carlos Castaneda gives lucid dream tips and he talks about looking at your hands. I don't think he. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, um, in other places I read, the best way to create lucidity in the dream life is throughout your day to say, oh, I'm dreaming, you know, this, and, and indeed it is a dream. Life is a dream. Yes, it so, is. Yeah. And, um, so when you realized that it was likely a dream, then what happened? So then I looked at my hand and I made this M, which I don't know why it mm. was the M or why I decided this had to be the way it was, but... um. And then I realized that I was in control. Yes. And then I woke up. Oh. And so the fear and the terror and all of that. So I wasn't able to. I, I knew that I could do things. I knew that I could do whatever I wanted to in this in this um, situation. I could. And I imagined myself just like slipping out, like making myself into smoke and slipping out and then like lifting, like rematerializing and lifting the car up and putting it back into mm. wherever it was going. But I was like, oh, there's, I, I'm, I'm okay now. So yes. I can figure it out. Yes. So that was, yeah, it was, it was. Wow. Pretty. That's, that's really strong. Mm -hmm. I love, I don't want to start exploring it yet, but I love that the last feeling of, oh, okay, I'm okay. I can do this. You know, it's, yeah, it's nice to have reassurance from self that you got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much all you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, Michelle, you had a dream. Hi. <coughs> Hi. Yeah, yes, I did have this dream that I, uh, I'm a little reticent to share, but I'll share it. Um, I was going over a bridge, or I was going to go over a bridge with Brian, and it was the Poughkeepsie Bridge going to Highland. Okay. And there was snow, and it was icy, and the waters were rising. And um, so I was ready to go over the bridge, but I got this view of right as we were getting on the bridge of the other side of the bridge. Hmm. And on the other side of the bridge, it was, it had broken totally. It had collapsed and kind of like past the middle, a little on the Highland side. And there were people being rescued. Huh. 
So I said to Brian, well, let's not do that. So, of course, I found a more reasonable solution, which was to just cross the river on our hands and knees. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the dream, it seemed reasonable. That seems what it takes sometimes. <laughs> and uh, when I went onto the, the water, it was kind of like bumpily and kind of like a little bit like the mattress that I was sleeping on in the oh. tent, come to think. And oh. it made that little plasticky sound. Yeah. And it wasn't cold. And I was like, wow, this is interesting, ice that's not cold. Oh. And I started crawling on my hands and knees, and Brian was next to me. And we were going little by little, and then we were crawling on our bellies. Okay. And it kept the one of those. Crawl. Yeah, well. <laughs> and... um so I kept going with him. We were we were like shoulder to shoulder going across, and it looked so far. It was also like in Russia. It was Russian okay. too. It had a feeling of Russia, and uh, although we weren't rushing, we were going slow, <laughs> and and so I was like hand over hand, and it was when we were about halfway across, I took a, another step with my hand and my hand went all the way down and there was black oh. and I realized that the ice was melting and that we were out in the middle and the ice was melting and I was terrified and I didn't I didn't put my hand all the way down into the blackness what I did was I just was trying to figure out what to do and couldn't come up with anything. And I looked to Brian and I said, I don't want to do this. And then I woke up. Wow. Wow. That's really strong that you both had similar bridge overboard imagery in your dreams. I used to find this when I was a part of dream groups that met regularly there was common themes. We were, you know, dreaming all about fire or, you know, whatever it was. And it was a bear, the bear was in many dreams. So this is really interesting. So episode 17, I believe, I was speaking with Susan Rosen, who um, is a Jeremy Taylor dream worker. And um, we were talking about things we've learned from Jeremy Taylor. And one of the things we talk about is water. And, and of course, it's only projection. I'm not going to tell you what your dreams mean to you. But if it were my dream, water really is symbolic of emotions. And the water rising is like, okay, some emotion is rising up in me that I'm going to need to um, face. And frozen water is frozen emotion. And if there is some, for me, you know, in, in my version, if there is some thawing of ice, then I feel like, okay, then there's going to be something emotional that, uh, that I've not looked at in a, in a really long time. So those are just my projections, but I'm out of, out of line here. So I first want to ask you both, how did you feel when you woke up from this dream and this dream? 
Well, I forgot it immediately. Okay. And I remembered, I always have this thing like, you should remember that, but then I don't. <laughs> and then usually at some point it comes back. And so what brought it back was mom telling me this mm -hmm. and actually doing a reenactment of it with my father on a raft. Oh, in the middle of the that's stream. awesome that you did that. So I see them both on their hands and knees in this little stream. My dad going along with he's her. He's such a good sport. Brian is. And he's like, <laughs> he doesn't want to go swimming. And she's asking him to go swimming. And he's like, I did your, I did your reenactment. What else do you want from me? Come on, I'm not good now. <laughs> we good. We good. <laughs> Michelle, how did you feel when you woke up from that dream? Very unsettled mm -hmm. and terrible and really glad to be awake. And I felt that my only power was in waking myself up by saying, I, yeah. I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. And... Mm. And yeah, so I felt like that. And and later, I felt like I wanted to go into the depths of the water and not be afraid. But I was terrified. Yes. Yeah. Well, so um, I was just going to ask you a question. Um, you were talking about your feeling of terror. On, on waking up. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you is where, here's my question. If I was a dreamer, I would want to ask myself, where in my life do I feel like I don't want to do this? I don't want to do this. Do I feel a resistance that I'm doing something that I don't really want to be doing? Is there some place in my life that that is occurring, that that's a familiar feeling? Not that I, uh, that I can think of right away. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll keep thinking. Um, we were thinking about maybe selling the house, and I'm ah. thinking maybe I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, and I really love working with children, but I don't want to go back to the same situation I was okay. with a kind of authoritative. Yes. authoritarian type of person that I was working with. Okay. Uh, so, and I, the only other thing that I was really thinking was uh, I don't want to be in uh, America, like not necessarily America. I don't want to be uh, part of what they're doing to the immigrants, what yes. the government's doing to the immigrants. Yes. That I feel very, I was feeling no, no. Yes. But, yeah, that that's the one thing that yeah. a couple of days before when, you know, we uh, we were together, I came up very, very strongly for me and just what people were going through. And I felt like I was all the mothers and... Oh, man. The suffering. So just the night before we were in ceremony, we did a ceremony oh, together. Oh, that wonderful. was pretty intense. Yes. With that feeling. Yes. Wow. Okay. Now we always ask for a reality check. 
from the dream. So were you driving a car that's familiar to you in your waking life, either of you? No. Okay. Me neither. Okay. I don't remember. That's interesting. But I don't even can't even find my car ever in a parking lot. They all look the same. <laughs> don't they? I never tell my car that though. <laughs> you need a beep a beeper. You know, some people can just press a button and their car says, Here I am or big antlers. <laughs> <laughs> That's another another possibility. So Tara, you said that in the car, you were driving with someone, but you weren't remembering who? Yeah, I remember distinctly that someone else was in the car. Maybe they were even driving the okay, car. Okay, that was my next question. I think that someone else was driving the car now that I'm thinking yeah. back. So in, in light of that, uh, if this were my dream, and I'm doing this all out of order, I hope you don't mind. Um, if this were my dream, I would feel that everything about this situation feels out of control to me. I'm not driving. Uh, we seem like we're going to go right off the edge into this emotional, watery realm. And um, and it's when I become lucid in the dream that I, I realize, oh, I'm going to be okay. I actually am a lot more in control than I might fear mm -hmm. that I am. So if I was a dreamer, I'd want to take that image into my waking life and, and know that that I've got this, that I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates really, really well. Mm. Yeah. You know, one of my dream teachers, Robert Moss, asks in the reality check, and I always think this is such a brilliant way to ask, he says, could anything from this dream happen? So he looks to learn from the dream for cautionary, uh, for, for caution in one's life, waking life. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, I, not anymore, probably okay. in my past for sure. That you Definitely. Could have gone over the side of a bridge. Yes. <laughs> okay. I had a stint where I was really into hanging out with a race car driver. Okay. And we would drive really, really, really fast. Yeah. Past what was okay. Yes. Um, but as I've gone on the spiritual journey, there's a deeper reverence for my life. Yes. That has shifted. Yes. But, um, yeah, but I also believe, my, my belief, my cosmology is that all kinds of decisions happen simultaneously, mm. multidimensional, and multiple lives happening at the same time. Mm. So in one of my lives that could have happened and I also believe in my cosmology that it has happened has is to happen or um is happening so I love that yeah I can't and, quite wrap my mind around that I don't know that I can hold such expansiveness can you say more about that existing on different 
dimensions? Mm. Well, there's also another way. So my dreaming specifically are downloads and messages, hmm. usually from my guides and angels Wonderful. and my... Um, my companions and my mentors and my, yes. um, yeah, just all, just never anybody that's in that, that circle. And, yes. um, a lot of times when I go to sleep, I, my body, my consciousness and my spirit leaves this, this body. Yes. And goes and has like a board meeting or like council yeah. with with the masters. I've been to that meeting before, at the airport, <laughs> on their layover. <laughs> oh, amazing! In in a dream, yeah. you know. It, yeah, that was that was really special. <laughs> and it's sort of like they go over what's happening, what is happening, what needs to happen, what needs to get in place, what needs to, uh, what realizations have to be realized. Um, for when I wake up. So I wake up and I usually have in really incredible insight and intuition oh, and feelings. So wow. it's different. It's been really, really different. And also, like, not only is it thoughts that are, you know, thoughts that are downloaded, but, like, emotions and codes and algorithms. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, this this new digital world that we are creating really is teaching me so much about life on earth also because I feel like we're this is the like we're remote control or we're downloading that's perfect the perfect world word for this world yeah, yeah the it's not an accident our technology yeah. our technology is giving us a platform for us to understand certain levels this is my belief yeah. of course everything yes. i say yes yes um certain platforms for our intelligence and for consciousness yeah yes yes i love that you know it it became obvious obvious to me you know with how ridiculous life is in this moment politically it just became so obvious to me that we're all living in a simulation <laughs> that none of this is real Come on, this can't possibly be real. <laughs> Michelle might have some wisdom to shed on that. On where we are living politically? Where we are in the simulation oh, of our, in our lives. simulation? Yes. Well, I just think it's waking dr waking dream or, or daydream and night dream. Yes. So... I I believe that both are dreams. And unfortunately, one of my beliefs is that we create our reality. Yes. And so we've I've created this, some of this. So instead yeah. of like thinking how terrible it is is and and um denying it, just seeing it as part of part of my whole makeup, which that's really hard. So and hard. I've been I've been working on loving my shadow figure who exists in the White House. Hi, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I'm not there yet. Well, when I I this is really kind of disgusting, but I'll tell you. Okay, <laughs> it's really disgusting. Uh, 
and hopefully not too many people will listen to this podcast. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, just so that they don't hear. But, uh, you know, honey, you don't have to tell it. Okay. Dreamer's choice. Dreamer's yeah, choice. Don't. I don't know. I think in a way it's uh, what what I'm learning from Tick Not On yes. is, and I have been doing this for years and years and years, uh, the Buddhist, uh, Zen Buddhist, uh, Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk. Yes. And... Um, he teaches whatever it is, hold it in your arms like a baby. Mm. So if there's anger, hold it in my arms like a baby. Yes. Yes. If it's jealousy, if it's sadness, until it subsides, until like a real baby, you hold the baby until oh, it, it stops comes. crying. It stops crying. Right. And yeah, you know, you really need to listen to episode eighteen, Michelle. Okay. It's, we talk, we uh, we read the Rumi poem, the Guest House, and that's like open the door for all of these, you know, maybe not so delightful emotions that are going to come in, but invite them, welcome them all in. So that sounds so much like what you're saying. So, so part of it was the. Trying not to hate Trump I and trying not to hate the, the and and at one point at the ceremony I was I was holding him oh and he was a baby and he was I was nursing him oh and it still <laughs> makes me throw up yeah he was sucking on your breast but he was like a baby Trump okay. <laughs> with the hair, this he had the same the hair, the comb over, or whatever. And and it was like it was so reprehensible to me, and yet that's what I was trying to stop his incredible crying and his incredible, his endless hungry ghost of yeah. wanting everything and more and more and more and just holding. That because if even if Trump was a part of my dream, which it's part of my daydream, mine too, then to just hold that and send love. But I I know you're nodding at me and you're wise and whatever. I'm just not there yet. (laughs) Like walk me there. I want to get there. I'm not there yet. There, tell me um, how I was there. Tara, you advise, my dear. <gasps> so what I'm feeling or what I'm hearing from this, this is a beautiful um, picture of what it takes for the divine feminine, the goddess, the mother. So what's happened is that our country is so entrenched with the wounded masculine. Yes. So the only thing that will ever change it will be the compassionate all loving mother yes so this is the consciousness shift that we're being called to and it is really 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 difficult because of how how it isn't in our our bones or in our consciousness at this point to to think that we need 
to really love and really love, like not just say love and not just pretend it, but really actually love this energy into another into another way. Okay. So, I mean, are there steps to get there? <sighs> well, first you have to love yourself. I, I think I can love myself. You have to love yourself. You have to also love those parts of you that are uh, co-creating this. This reality. And the acceptance that everything that happens is is part of the design of how we grow to different consciousnesses, how mm. all of the trials, whether they be illness, addiction, murder, rape, all of it mm. is opportunities for us to grow. And that yeah. we, like with a, my one of the most amazing teachers, uh, Cullen Tipping, Radical Forgiveness, mm. how we, everything is happening for us, not to us. Mm. So it shifts it from the victim and the survivor to the creator. So all of the experiences, like I could go on about many, many things that have happened for me. Yes that are not comfortable right. and that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. Uh, right. But specifically, sometimes our spirit needs a certain lesson. Yes. And then um, my, another great teacher, Paul Selig, speaks about what's happening with this world right now is a cultural mm. magnification mm. so that we really see what's going on. So we're not just in our numbness and in our oblivion and in our blindness mm -hmm. because that is what has allowed the perpetuation of the misogyny and racism uh, and bigotry and complete um, subjugation. It's really been my whole life that I, I, I'm from the Bronx, raised in New Jersey. I've known about Trump. You know, he's been on the Daily News or whatever news of New York post or whatever newspaper i've known about him i've known about his lechery when he's having affairs i've known about that i've known about his promoting you know miss america and and your looks and you know and that that's how you you know i just he just he's my whole life he's been the epitome of like what i don't like about this culture and um and this is going to be a huge undertaking for me to own own that as part of myself. I don't know. I mean, I'll try. <laughs> yes. And he is only a product of this culture. Yeah. Also. And that allows me to let go of it a little bit. And I was thinking about the terrible things that he's been doing uh, and how Congress, the the Republicans, are all standing behind him. Not all of them, but most of them. Mm. And that's what he's standing on. Right. And, and going back to my dream, I kind of had a realization of that nursing thing that I was having a really hard time talking about. Right. 
because I was thinking, am I just fueling him? And then I thought, he's drinking of this, like, higher consciousness and changing the transformation. And I thought, I remember then I had thought something like that before Uh the disgust hit me. It was that well, the disgusting thing that you were going to tell us. Yes. Oh, it is. <laughs> it doesn't get worse than that. I, I was thinking it can't possibly be worse than that. <laughs> yeah, which I'm really surprised I even shared. But, but I'm going to share something that's also not not a happy thought. And uh, you know, I've been a little bit. Um, I've been very interested in this whole Jeffrey Epstein. You know the do you, have you been following his story, the pedophile, and um and I've been more interested in like the little YouTube videos or whatever of his victims and how have their lives been since then, and um the one that made me cry was a woman who was saying, I have three kids, I haven't been able to breastfeed any of them because she was abused as a child you know, by this pedophile that took advantage of her breasts, not for the purposes of child, you know, feeding or nurturing. And um, so that's a, that's a really hard image for me. You know, breastfeeding was one of the most magical, special, holy times in my life with my kids. And I'm, I'm so, I, I'm just... It just tears me apart that it affects that for these women. I would like to just add about how do you love when you ask that. Uh, again, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who gets it directly from Buddha, the components of love. And I've just started doing this yeah. yesterday or the day before on Hiroshima Day. Okay. And... I I was I'm wearing this yes. you know this, these beads around my uh, around my neck because that way I won't lose them right um, <laughs> unless my head falls off but um, and the four components of true love yeah. are joy yes and compassion and loving kindness. And equanimity, inclusion. Okay. They, they used both words. And what I've been doing was I've been taking it off and, and doing um, the prayer of great compassion, Om Tara Tu Tare Turi, and doing one round from compassion and thinking about the the people in in Hiroshima, yes, and also the Mexicans now, and yes. and the immigrants, yes, not just the Mexicans, yeah, and Americans. then doing one from loving kindness, yes, and then doing one from joy, oh. which was how could I feel joy? Yes. But I just felt joy. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just felt joy and was praying for them. Yes. And then inclusion and equanimity. So you're saying that 
as if the words are synonymous. So what uh, is They're that? not quite synonymous to me, but they've been used interchangeably. And inclusion means nobody's left out. Yeah. And equanimity is yeah, a kind of, there's a, I don't know if he means it actually in this sense. And I've read a bunch of him, but I haven't, um, is like whatever comes, com- face it with equanimity. But again, I think it might be that it might be closer to inclusion. And this is, this is, see, uh, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh is like Buddhism. I mean, he's brilliant, but the Westerners, I think he's come here and done Buddhism for dummies, <laughs> which are, which is the Westerners, you okay, know. simple. Simple. Yeah, that's a nice, much nicer, gentler word to say. Yes. Yeah, he simplifies it and makes yes. it so totally digestible and, and understandable. Which is like when you can explain a really, really complex idea simply is, is a great sign of of brilliance yes. and of enlightenment mastery. and mastery. Yes. But I wanted to touch upon that. That's beautiful that you're doing that. And when you were speaking about that sadness that you were feeling for these women, mm-hmm. it is, um, it's almost like when we feed sadness with sadness, we right. just create more sadness. Oh, so dear. the Joe Dispenza idea of yes. the elevated emotion yes and that's what you pray into and that you had that amazing gift of being able to breastfeed your children oh, thank goodness. and then you can send that to them oh i love that right right don't don't be lost in in the sadness of the world but help give them a leg up or you know We have to hold the prayer of what we desire and what we dream. I've been reading this amazing book, um, Sophia Code, and it's elevated, it's masters and mentors um, of the divine feminine. Yes. And White Buffalo Woman really touched me in a really beautiful way because religion and christianity and all of these experience all, all of these um bastardizations of spirituality yes. have taken away our gift of prayer mm. and prayer is one of the most powerful tools yes. we have and one of the reasons I really feel that we're in the place we're in is because we can't get out of the dark darkness of it. And we can't imagine a world where everyone is fed and a world where everyone is taken care of and a world where everyone has exactly enough that they need to live the most amazing lives they can. And there is no war. It's... It's by holding that prayer in your heart that we start to create that. I love that. So, Tara, if you're okay with this, I would love to sing now the Ho'oponopono song with the both of you. And uh, just we'll hold the healing of the world. 
and, and my thoughts, where everyone is fed and everyone is housed. And all the plants, all the animals, yes. all the water. Yes. Our beautiful, beautiful planet. Yeah. Our beautiful bodies. Our, the trees in our world, that we honor the trees. Yes. There is a wisdom that our environment is holding that we have to be quiet enough and present enough to be able to get that. Mm. And that takes the the really the, the everyday commitment to stilling yourself and to not allowing the darkness of everything around us to penetrate. Mm. Um, for the song, I don't feel comfortable singing. Oh, okay, okay. That's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just very lovely. So you heard, uh, listeners, you heard us saying the Ho'oponopono prayer. Um, can we end with that prayer? We don't just sing it. Can we say it? I mean, yeah, we can say a, a version of it, yeah. of course. Yeah, because I'd love to to leave this podcast yeah. in that prayerful space. And I could sing it. Okay, and I can maybe follow along well, with you. Well, I don't know the tune. <laughs> <laughs> that I maybe can't follow along with you. <laughs> no, you can. Okay, can please. I talk a tiny bit about yes. it? Yes, please. So. When when we say the words in the prayer, it is it is holding all of the possibilities about the complete accountability of ourselves in every equation, in every relationship, in every moment. So that's what that that prayer means to me. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Michelle. Okay, I'll just yeah. I'll just listen to you say it. And then the second time I'll sing it and we can, I'll lead you okay. without a tune. Okay. And make up it as I go along That's to add a little fine. joy. You might get your girl to sing. So. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you, thank you. I love you, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, Please forgive, forgive me. me. Thank, Thank you. you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, wise Riddell women. And I look forward to listening to this and I encourage anyone who is hearing it please subscribe and dear dreamers until we meet again 